Let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to bless our time together this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this special time um, that you've given us to be together. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you for your great love for us and how you cherish us. Thank you for that reminder in your word that nothing can separate us from your love, your everlasting love. Thank you for how you cherish each and every one of us. It's amazing to consider um, what you say in your word that you're continually thinking of us good thoughts towards us, and that you are working in your sovereignty, your sovereign plans, your omniscience, your omnipotence, all that you are working all things together for good, not only in history and around the world, but in our lives as well. It's, wow, Lord, thank you. You're working out all things in our lives, all things together for good. And you've begun a good work in each and every one of us, your children, here this morning. And may you continue to do that glorious work here in this place today. We need a fresh work of your Spirit. And God, I pray for anyone that has never put their faith and trust in your Son, Jesus, that today would be the day of salvation. There is no more important decision. And so would you work powerfully and mightily in this place by your Spirit and for your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right, chapter 3, 1 Thessalonians, verse 6. Thank you. This is where we left off. Here's what God's Word says. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love and that you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, in all our affliction... And distress, we were comforted concerning you by your faith. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God for you? For all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before our God. Night and day, praying exceedingly, that we may see your face and perfect what is lacking in your faith. So let me draw your attention to verse 6 for just a moment. And um, by way of reminder, the Apostle Paul is the one who had planted this church. You remember in the book of Acts chapter 17, um, the Apostle Paul was there with his team. And God did this amazing work by his Spirit People got saved, they turned from their idols, put their trust in the true and the living God, and this church was birthed there in Thessalonica. 
And so Paul was run out of town. You remember him and his team got run out of town. He continued to travel southbound in modern-day Greece to Berea, down to Athens, and then on to Corinth. But as they were there, they were going through a lot of affliction, a lot of uh, suffering, a lot of difficulty, and they were very concerned about the church in Thessalonica, these precious brothers and sisters that just got born again. They barely began to walk with Jesus, and so they were longing to see them and find out how they were doing in their faith. They were concerned that the devil would come in and, and tempt them to leave Jesus, to, to ditch Jesus. And by the way, that's the worst possible thing you can do, is to leave Jesus, to ditch Jesus. In fact, we talked about that um, at 7 a.m. service, is there is nothing greater than Jesus. I run, to, I run into, from time to time, people that are backslidden, people that have um, departed from trusting Jesus out in the, out in the community, and you know what I say to them? I say, listen, if you can find something better than Jesus out there, I'll come join you. <gasps> you would, Pastor? You'd leave and do that? No way, Jose. <laughs> There's nothing greater than Jesus. I've tried what the world has to offer, and it is emptiness. There is nothing in all this world like walking with Jesus every day and following him. And so Paul was concerned about their walk with Jesus, and they couldn't get back to Thessalonica. Although they tried, Satan had hindered them. In some way, um, some way, somehow, the devil kept them from getting back to Thessalonica. And then ultimately, the team couldn't go. And so what did they do? They were able to send Timothy. And Timothy went to do what? To strengthen the church, to encourage and comfort the church and to be there with them, to love on them, to care for the flock. And, of course, Timothy was a pastor, right? He had a pastoral heart to see people thriving and flourishing under the good shepherd, Jesus' care. And now he has come back, right? He came back from that little trip, that pastoral visit, and look what it says to me. Let's go back to verse 6 for a minute. So Timothy has come back and has brought us Good news. Good news of two things to begin with. Number one, your faith. And so Timothy comes back. He comes rolling in and says, I got some good news for you guys. Guess what? Bad news. I had some bad news. It doesn't say that. This is just a joke. Our euros got confiscated at the gate when we were going in, and it's just a joke. There was no bad. There was just good news, Right? that the church is still trusting Jesus. The just, listen, the just shall live by faith. They were continuing to trust Jesus in the midst of difficulty. They received the word in much affliction, and they were continuing to walk and trust in Jesus in much affliction and difficulty. And not only that, what's so beautiful is when you read in 2 Corinthians and some of the other letters, there was some amazing fruit coming out of this church. In fact, Paul mentions in 2 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 10, you can check it out later, he speaks of these churches in Macedonia, by the way, that's northern Greece, speaking of Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea, 
out of their, out of the great affliction they were suffering, out of their great difficulty, they continued to support the Apostle Paul in his ministry, even though they had hardly anything at all. And so Paul commended them for that. Paul was excited about the work that God was doing in and through their lives in much affliction, going through much affliction. They continued to trust Jesus. But not only that, they continued to trust God's word. Right? When it speaks of faith, isn't that what it talks about? Not just faith in the Lord, but faith and trust in God's word. Right? Some of us, I know this morning, some of y'all are going through great difficulty great affliction. And it is so encouraging to see you continuing to trust the Lord Jesus Christ and to trust his word. It is is an encouragement. We're going to read about that in just a moment. It bolsters, it undergirds, it strengthens other people's faith as well. Your trust in the Lord, your trust in his word, when it seems like there is no way and the Lord, and you continue to trust the Lord to come through on your behalf. And by the way, he is faithful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Has he been faithful last week, last month, last year, last decade? Is he going to be faithful today? tomorrow. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can count on him even when things get gnarly, even when the storms hit, even when there's trials. And so this church is continuing by faith. And not only that, he says, Timothy comes back and says, and they are loving. Their faith and their love. They are loving the Lord more and more, and they are loving, they're continuing to love Jesus and to love one another. Is loving one another important in the body? Jesus said, you'll know my disciples by their, by their website, but by their Christianese lingo, by their killer buildings. Jesus said, you'll, by this all, the whole world will know that you belong to me. You're my committed followers by your love for one another. Jesus is authorizing the world to take a look at us and to judge us by our fruit. And what is the fruit that's to be growing and flowing in our lives? Love for one another. But not only that, they were loving the Lord, loving one another, but they're also loving their enemies. Timothy didn't come back and say, you know, Paul, it was awesome. Man, they continue to trust. They're loving, but they're not loving their enemies. It's the one department there. No, they're continuing to simply love. Are we called to love our enemies, by the way? We'll talk more about that in just a moment. And then Timothy also told Paul something else, didn't he? He said what? That they have great remembrance of Paul and the team desiring greatly to be with them. In fact, look what it says to me there. You always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us. You're longing to see us just like we're longing to see you. The feeling is mutual. We want to be back together with you. 
And so Paul had been longing to see them. They had been longing to see Paul. And ultimately, that will happen, by the way. If you continue to read the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul will go back to Thessalonica to spend time with these precious believers. And so, therefore, brethren, in light of that, in all our affliction and distress, look at verse 7 with me, we were comforted concerning you by your faith. Isn't that interesting? So the church, continuing to trust the Lord, continuing to love as we're called to, Paul gets this report, and Paul that tells us Paul and, Tim, Paul and the crew, the team, were going through difficulty also, weren't they? Is that what it says, you guys? Were they going through difficulty and hardship? And they got news, and they were like, oh, Thank you. In fact, he's going to go on to talk about that. Praying night and day before the Lord. What thanks can we give to God? We are so excited to get this good news about you guys, about y'all. And I would say there's a very simple lesson in this. Do you know that your faith is encouraging to others? Do you know that this morning? Your faith is encouraging to others especially when you are going through difficulty and distress and affliction and hardship. Why? Because when I'm going through that and I see someone else continuing to trust the Lord and to be faithful to the Lord, what does it do to me? I can do it too, Lord. I can do it by looking to you in all things, Lord, just like they are. We're just the same. We're in similar circumstances. It's difficult, it's hard, it's, it's gnarly this season that I'm going through. And I see that other person, they're continuing to serve the Lord. They don't ditch the Lord, they don't ditch church, they stay plugged in. And God's doing awesome things through their life. Can I encourage you to keep trusting Jesus? Your faith, listen, sometimes we go and sometimes you guys, we make hospital visits. It's interesting. Listen, uh, pray for me. It's very difficult. I've made some hospital, in the last 20 plus years of ministry, sometimes I've made hospital visits and people get ticked off. What are you doing here? No one called you to come. I want to just kind of crawl, <laughs> crawl out of there. <laughs> right? Put, put my Bible... And there's other people that are grateful. And the thing that's so remarkable I've seen over the years visiting, and some of you guys know this, visiting our brothers and sisters and they're sick or they're on, on their deathbed and they're continuing to trust Jesus and they're exhorting me or someone else from the pastoral team. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> wow. And God's using that person's life and it's a, it bolsters our faith. It strengthens our faith. And that's what Paul is saying here. Don't, listen, don't ever underestimate your testimony. And don't ever underestimate your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, how impacting it is on other people's lives. And, and you may not even know it. Usually that's the way it happens. Is it supernaturally natural? It's not like, yeah, I'm going through affliction. Who can I pump up now? Who can I, who can I really <laughs> strengthen? It's like you're just pressing on, abiding in Jesus, and God's using your life in a special and glorious way. 
And so Paul says in the next verse, for now we live, man, life is worth living. Life is worthwhile if you stand fast in the Lord. Hey, you've infused new life into us because you're standing. And to stand fast in the Lord means to to keep your place, to not budge, to, to stay in that position, keep abiding in Jesus. You guys ever seen that, uh, what's that toy? We used to have it when we were kids. You, you blow it up, it's real heavy on the bottom, it's got like a clown face, and you, you pop, you punch it. And it... You guys ever seen that thing? I don't remember what it's called, like whammy guy or something, I don't know. It wasn't Rock'em Sock'em Robots, I'm like dating myself. Like, I don't know, I had one. I would just like jab that, you know, and, it, and you just give him a good punch, and it would never go down, right? That's standing fast. We just kept getting, we keep getting hit, don't we? Some of you know what I'm talking about. You, a righteous man gets, does what? Gets right back up seven times, boom, continually. You, you get knocked down, you get right back up. We stand fast. We stay in that position of trusting and abiding in Jesus Christ. And Paul says, man, you've infused life into us. Life is worth living, hearing about you standing fast in the Lord. And it's so true. We had someone come uh, first service, and I was so, like, blown away. I haven't seen this brother in a long time. You know, as a pastor, I love you guys. I care about you. I pray for you every day. And I told this guy, dude, I've been praying for you every day. I can't believe you're here this morning. I am praising the Lord. What thanks can I give? Man, you're back and you're still walking with Jesus. Hallelujah. In all your difficulties, all the things you've gone through with your family and everything, man, you're still trusting in Jesus. And that's what Paul says. Look at the, verse 9. For what thanks can we render to God for you? For all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before our God, night and day, praying exceedingly. <sighs> Did Paul pray a lot? He did, didn't he? In fact, he's going to say later, pray without ceasing. You ever get like a persistent cough? That's, that's the idea, is without ceasing, you, 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 you stay in touch with the Lord all day long, right? And Paul's telling him, we've been giving thanks. We've been praying all day long, night and day. Does prayer work, by the way? Do you guys believe that? You guys praying? Praise the Lord. Talking and listening. And so Paul prays, and it's beautiful what he says here. We pray that we may see your face, that we would be face-to-face. Listen, communication's changed a lot, hasn't it? I shared this first service. Has communication changed a lot? Do you guys remember? Anybody remember the phones you used to, and it would spin? And you, oh, I messed it up. I can't go back. Some of you are like, what? What does that even look, you know? And then you got the one, deet, 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 right? Those ones, you guys remember those? My, my mom's first cell phone, it was this giant box. And it, it had like the, the twirly thing and an antenna. It was like you're calling in for artillery yeah, with this thing. 
Now it's like, right, right in your pot, right? Where is it? I forgot it. That's how we should be in prayer, though, by the way. But how do we communicate now? We used to have to write letters. Anybody remember writing letters? Right? You get out your paper, write your Sharpie or your Bic or whatever, and you're writing the letter, right? And then you got to fold it up. And I would always jack it up, making it the right size to get in the envelope. And you got to refold it and stick it in the envelope, and, and you lick it and close it, throw the stamp, lick the stamp, pop it on in the box, then it finally gets to its destination, correct? You remember that? Now we just what? Right? Send. Or on our phone, what do we do? Text, right? It's gone from texting, though, now just to make emojis, now just faces and... But listen, I love them because a lot of times it's hard to get the vibe of what someone's saying. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, man, they seem angry. If you send me an angry, just send me something with angry eyes. That little guy with the not too happy. Here's the emoji with the. Isn't face-to-face way better? Paul's like, I want to see you face-to-face. I want to be with you. Writing, don't cut it. Watching service online doesn't cut it. There's nothing like being together. Amen? And I'm not like getting on the people that watch. I know there's people that can't get up out of bed or sick or whatever that watch, but if you're continually watching online, there's a problem. You can't, how can we, how can we do, how can you do church? We're called to be together. One another, face to face, doing those things that God has called us to do, which we'll get to in just a moment. And so Paul's like, man, we want to see you face to face. But something else, look at the end of that verse. What does he say there? He says something else. He says, and perfect what is lacking in your faith. He's like, man, there's some areas we want to come in and we want to help you. We want to shore up those areas where you have some shortcomings in your faith. We want to, there may be some deficiencies that we need to come in and help you, to help you to grow. Again, that is the heart of a pastor, but that should be all of our hearts, is to help one another to grow in our walk with Jesus. Amen to that? It's like we all have deficiencies. We all are not perfected yet. Has anybody arrived yet spiritually here? Anybody arrived spiritually here? We're all lacking, aren't we? We are all in need of growing and learning, growing closer to Jesus, learning more about Him. That should be our boast, by the way. God says, if you want to boast, don't boast in your loot, in your money, your power, your wisdom. He who boasts, boasts in this, God says, that he knows and understands me, says the Lord. God wants us to know and understand him and to help one another come to know and understand him. As we learn from the word and we put it into practice in our lives, we see God's wisdom worked out in our marriages, in our relationships. We do things his way and we learn, we grow, and God gets all the glory. Amen? Well, Paul's got a prayer snuck in here. Look at these last three verses. I love that. As you read through the epistles, the, the, the letters that Paul writes to the churches, 
every once in a while, you'll find, here's a little prayer Paul throws in. He sneaks him in there. You got, and, and this is one of those prayers. And the prayer is specific and it's general also. You guys ready? Let's check it out. What's it say? Verse 11, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Isn't that a beautiful prayer right there? It's so simple and so, uh, it's, listen, it's, it's short, sweet, spirit-led. That's always a good way to pray, by the way. Short, sweet, spirit-led. And the first part of the prayer is specific. Paul prays that, man, we want to get back to you, that the Lord would direct us, that it would be God's will for us to come back and be with you in Thessalonica. And we want God's will, don't we? We don't want to force our hand. We want to say, Lord, your will be done, right? Your desire, Lord, your timing. Is God's timing perfect? Lord, you direct us back to get there. But the second prayer That's more general for us right there. Look what it says. He says, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love. That tells us something, doesn't it? Does that tell us something? That God can make our love, what? Grow to flourish. That's what abound, we don't use abound a whole lot, do we, that word? Do you guys ever use abound? Honey, that tofu surprise was abounding with flavor. Did you guys ever use a bound? Oh. Right? We, you don't use, but Paul does. It's an it's a awesome word. Abound means to flourish, to be bountiful. Our love, so check that out. God can do that in us. This is, if, listen, if you ever want to pray for me, pray this prayer. I want my love to abound and to increase and to flourish. And God can do it in your life and in my life. This is a spirit-inspired prayer that Paul is giving us here. This is a prayer, listen this morning, this is a prayer according to God's will. If we pray anything according to his will, what does First John say? That he's going to answer, he's going to hear you, and he's going to respond. This is a beautiful prayer that our love Listen, is your love abounding? Is your love increasing this morning? Just take a moment, just think, think about that. Has your love increased and abounded for Jesus? Listen, if we're honest this morning, maybe it hasn't. Maybe like the church of Ephesus, you're going through the spiritual motions. Didn't Jesus say, give a report card to the first church 
in Revelation was to Ephesus. Not that you've lost. You've left your first love. Right? You, you've, you've cooled off in your love for me, Jesus said. You're, going, you're doing all the right stuff. But it's, it's not that love relationship we once had. Isn't it great that he gives the diagnosis and prognosis, but he also gives the cure too? Remember from where you've fallen, repent, and redo the first works. That's how to get back on track. But pray this prayer. Lord, I am not loving you like I'm supposed to. My love is kind of just peaked out right here. And God has shed his love abroad in our hearts, the Bible says in Romans 5. He has poured it out into our hearts. In order for that love to do what? To be flowing from our lives back to him and back out on one another. In fact, that's what, isn't that what he says? He says that your love would increase and abound. Notice what it says. In love to one another. That you would be loving your brothers and sisters in the Lord, in the church, in a greater way, in a deeper way, in a more bountiful way. And so we have to ask ourselves, is my love, is that the way my love is growing? Do I love my brothers and sisters at Calvary Chapel, West Houston? Is my love grow increasing and abounding toward them? And if you're saying, ah, not so much, you can pray this prayer. This is a prayer right in line with God's will that he hears, that he's going to answer. Well, you don't know, Pastor. That person's been sitting in my chair every week. I think the Lord wants you to love that person. What about our brothers of different denominations? Is our love to be increasing and abounding towards them too? It is, isn't it? I come in contact with lots of different denominational people. And uh, sometimes it's hard. Especially when they get in your face on something. But it's like, Lord, help my love to increase and abound. This is towards who? This is towards one another. He's speaking to the church. Correct? Jesus said, you'll know my disciples by their love for one another. By this, all will know. How are we to love? Jesus said, as I have loved you, right? Just as I've loved you, love one another. That was before the cross, wasn't it? Is that before the cross? That's like John 13. Isn't that where it's at? John 12, somewhere in there? John 13. Yes? They didn't say, wait a minute, when did you show us love? When did you demonstrate love to us? They knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, Jesus loved them. And let us not love in word or in tongue, but in what? In deed and in, and in truth. There's a demonstration not just saying, hey, love you. I don't think Jesus just lined the guys up and said, love you, Thomas. Love you, Peter. Love you, James. See you later. His love was so evident. It was so real. It was so tangible. In fact, when Timothy came back, 
from Thessalonica, he said their faith is what? Their faith is growing. They're, they're, love, they're loving each other. They're loving others. That takes seeing. That takes, I see it in them. I don't think they just said, hey, love you, Timothy. Thanks for coming. Yeah, we're trusting Jesus. All right. No, there was evidence backing it up in their lives. When I say I trust Jesus, I trust his word, there's going to be evidence. Is there not? Read Hebrews 11. By faith, so-and-so did this, and by faith, so-and-so did that. Faith is trust manifested by actions. Oh, it's great you know the Lord, but is there any demonstration in your life? And if I'm saying I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm called to love, correct? John said it. We can't say I love God and don't love my brother, didn't he? I love you, Lord. I hate that dude sitting over there. It's like there's a disconnect. It can't happen. You're phony, man. You're not genuine. It's a problem. And so we pray, Lord, help me. This is not what's happening in my life. But he also says something else, doesn't he, in this prayer? Not only you love one another, but who else? You guys got your Bibles? Love. Increase and abound in love to one another and to, and to all. You know what that means? All means all, thank you. Not just those in the church, but those where? In the world. Really? Does Jesus love them? Did Jesus die for them? Does Jesus want to reach them? Who does he want to use? What's us? To reach them. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He does not delight in the death of the wicked. He gave his life for everyone. By this we know love, that he gave his life for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever believes in him shall never perish, but have everlasting life. Let me challenge us again this morning. How are you doing in this department? I'm not talking about just supporting outreach, supporting missionaries. But how about just loving the unbeliever that God brings into your life? And listen, it's okay to say, you know what, this morning I'm not there. Because what do you need to do? What do I need to do? We need to pray. Didn't, you, didn't, we, didn't I just ask you, little guys about, you guys about prayer a little while ago? Prayer works, doesn't it? You guys pray? Everybody's like, yeah, pray, man. I believe it works. Here's the model for prayer for me and for you this morning. I'm falling short in the love department. Man, my neighbor is a jerk. People at work tick me off at school. 
Lord, I don't have your heart of love for these people. Would you change my heart? Would you, Lord, help me to increase and abound in love towards all? That's a prayer that he's going to answer. That's his heart. That's his will. Are you with me this morning still? Not just that. There's one more part of the prayer. Look what it says. Well, he says, just as we do to you. Their love was evident for the Thessalonians. Third thing that he prays for, so that he, so that the Lord may establish your hearts blameless in holiness. This is so good. May God strengthen, may he uh, establish, may he make stable your heart blameless so there's no reproach. That you're genuine, that we're genuine, going in holiness, going in the direction of holiness. Holiness is a direction, by the way. Christ-likeness, it's going Jesus' way. And that's where it starts in our hearts, gang. Right? All the issues of life spring forth. Proverbs 4, all the issues of life spring forth from our hearts. Lord, I need you to establish my heart blameless in holiness. I need your help, Lord, because I know I'll jack it up every time. I need you to work in my heart. That's what Paul's praying for them, that their hearts would be established, strengthened, made sure, blameless, without reproach, in holiness. Notice what else it says, before our God and Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints, that, man, you guys would be right inside and out when Jesus shows up. <laughs> That's awesome. Jesus is coming, by the way. And he's, his prayer is what? That we would be following the Lord's example of love. By the way, it's not squishy love, like spineless love. Let's all just sing, hold hands, sing kumbaya, Love is a backbone. Love rejoices in truth, but love does not rejoice in iniquity. Correct? Isn't that what we're told? 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter on love, right? The love chapter. Love rejoices in truth, but doesn't rejoice in iniquity. So when the Lord shows up, Paul's like, I, I'm praying that you all would be loving the way you're supposed to. And not only that, externally, but internally, your hearts would be established blameless in holiness because that's how a holy walk starts, is right in the heart, the deepest part of our being. In fact, he's going to go on. Look what he says. Finally then, brethren, when a pastor says finally, guess what? We got another couple chapters left. <laughs> so true, isn't it? You're like, yeah, you do that all the time, dude. Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound. There's our word again. You should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus for this is the will of God, your sanctification. What is God's will for my life? 
your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God who also has given us his Holy Spirit. Wow, that's awesome, isn't it? No? Is that awesome, y'all? Paul's like, in conclusion, family, we urge you, it means to plead or to beg. Can you imagine the Apostle Paul coming here this morning and saying, I beg you. Listen, listen I beg you. I'm pleading with you. I'm urging you and exhorting you in the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging you, trying to strengthen you in the Lord. What does he say? That you should what? You should abound more and more. Isn't that interesting he says that? Think about this with me. They're doing good as a church, correct? Paul gets word from Timothy. How is the church doing? They're doing good in the faith department and the love department. Wow, they're doing good. Faith, hope, love. They got the, you know, the building blocks of a strong church. There's fruit coming forth from this church. He's praying, yeah, that their love would continue to abound, that the Lord would do that in their hearts and that their hearts would be established blameless in holiness and that they'd continue on that path. But Paul, now, he's urging, he's exhorting. You know what he's doing? He's pushing them onward. He's pushing them even more to, to go deeper, to go stronger, to, can I say, to be even better? We, we are to do all things as unto the Lord, aren't we? Whatever, whatever it is we do, whether at work or whatever, all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's urging them, pleading with them, begging them, man, keep abounding. Don't stop. Listen, if we stop growing, if we stop learning, we start dying. Are you with me? Does that make sense? We always want to keep growing, keep learning, keep abiding in the Lord, keeping allowing him to work in our hearts and in our lives. That's what Paul's saying here. He said that you should abound more and more just as you received from us. What do they receive? From Paul and the crew. How you ought to walk and what? What's it say? And to, and to what? And to please God. Paul's reminding them, listen, when we came, you received. Remember earlier? They had received not as the word of man, but the word of God. You received how to walk, how you're to conduct yourself, how you're to behave, and to please God. Do you want to please God this morning?
You want to make God happy? How do we walk? How do we please God? How does that happen? Look at the next verse. The answer is right in the next verse. What does it say? For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. You want to know how to walk? How we're supposed to live? How we're supposed to do marriage? How we're supposed to do family? How we're supposed to do work? How we're supposed to... Who's the expert in all things? Jesus is. And He's given us instruction. He's given us commandments in order for our lives... Listen, for, in order for our lives to thrive and to flourish and to abound under his care. Oh, you can go do it the world's way. I think it'll, it, listen, give it time, it will not work out. You'll, you'll detonate your life or your family. You do it God's way, wisdom is justified by her children. God's wisdom is seen in his obedient kiddos, when we do what he tells us to do. No amens. Amen, Lord. Thank you. The commandments. Are his commandments important? His instructions? Paul was just being obedient to Jesus in this. Can I, can I read? You guys remember the Great Commission? Anybody remember where the Great Commission is? Matthew 28. Commission means, here's what I'm calling you as Christians to do. What are we to do as Christians? Just come to church, be consumers, come back next week, see you later. Is that what we're supposed to do? Put it, slap a bumper sticker on our car, fish? Good, call it good, call it a day? What are we called to do? Jesus told us. He gave us the marching orders, didn't he? Not you and the world go to church. You and the church go to the world. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Is that where it ends? Is it up on the scoreboard? It is. Teaching them to what? To observe all things that I have commanded you. Did you guys catch that? It often gets left out of the Great Commission. And who's speaking here? Who's speaking? You got red, is it in red writing in your Bible? That's Jesus speaking, right? Teaching them to observe. When, you, when it says observe, does that mean just to look at? Hey, look at those commandments over there. Aren't they great? Oh, wow, those are wonderful. Is that what that means? What does observe mean? To obey, to do, to put into practice. Teaching them, is that what Paul did in Thessalonica? Not a trick question. Is that what Paul did in Thessalonica? Is he being obedient to Jesus? Teaching them to observe how many things? All things that I have commanded you that Jesus commanded us, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end 
of the age. Well, what did Jesus command us? Did Jesus give any commands? He did, didn't he? I wrote them down for you guys. Not all of them. This is just a little, little snapshot. Is that cool? I, I want to be obedient to Jesus. Number one, you know what the first thing Jesus said in his public ministry? What? Repent. First word he said, repent. First command of Jesus. Jesus said, follow me. He said, worship God only. He said, do not tempt God. He said, rejoice. The context is in the midst of persecution. And by the way, again, some of the commands are general that he gives, and some are specific. Like some of the specific commands are not really for us. Like he told the man to put the mud packs on his, remember that miraculous mud packs? So that doesn't mean go down to the bayou and get some mud on you and come back here and, or take up your bed and walk. Those commands were specific for that specific person. But for us, this is for us, gang. Rejoice. Let your light so shine before men. Honor God's law. Do not murder. Be reconciled. Be it, it means to make peace with your brother or sister. Do not commit adultery. Keep your word. Go the second mile. Love your enemies. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Um, he says, get, when you give, when you fast, when you pray, when you practice those secret disciplines, don't be like hypocrites. Lay up your treasures in heaven. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Judge not. Do not cast your pearls before pigs or do not give what is holy to the dogs. I never knew this till Tanya told me, my beautiful bride, she was teaching the ladies Bible study. Ask, seek, and knock. Did you know that's a command? That is a command. God says, I'm commanding you to ask. I'm commanding you to seek. I'm commanding you to knock. I want to answer. I want to show myself mighty on your behalf. That's beautiful. Do unto others, right? As you want to be done, choose, uh, enter through the narrow gate. Beware of false prophets. Pray for the laborers. Pray for God to send laborers into the harvest. Be wise as serpents, gentle as doves. Fear God and not man. Hear God's voice. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Honor your parents. Deny yourself, take, deny yourself and take up your cross daily. Despise not the little ones. Go to offenders and make peace. Beware of covetousness. Forgive, other, forgive of others. Forgive offenders. Honor marriage, be a servant, church, be a house of prayer, ask in faith, bring in the poor, render Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. Love the Lord, love your neighbor, watch for my return. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, take, eat, and drink. Keep my commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Interesting. Feed my sheep. Let not your heart be troubled. That's, I think that's like 50. You guys still with me? 
And Jesus said, love the Lord your God, your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. On, on these hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, it's all about love. If I'm loving God, I'm not loving my car, my job, my whatever. It all comes down to love. If I'm loving, I ain't sinning. If I'm loving the Lord, I'm not loving stuff and material stuff and false gods, idols. If I'm loving you as I love myself, I'm not going to rip you off, take from you, lie to you. That's why it all boils down to love. And here's the thing. Maybe you're going this morning, impossible. And you know what? I'm saying right there with you, yes, it is. Amen, brother. Amen, sister. But it's made possible. I can't close my Bible yet. Why? Because the last verse I read. What has God given us? Look what it says. What is it, verse 9? Eight. God has given us what? God's given us what? His Holy Spirit. God didn't say, here's the commandments. Do your best. Man, hang in there. He said, I am going to give you my spirit to enable you and to empower you. Take a message for me. I'm gonna, this is so important. That's like, a, that's like super distraction. Don't miss this, please. We can wait till you turn that off or answer whatever you want to do. Because I don't want you guys to miss this. Because you know what will happen? You'll think, okay, I hear you, Pastor. I got to go love. I got to go do this. I got to. And you're going to run out. You got your personal pep talk. You're all fired up. And guess what? Tomorrow, you're going to fall on your face. But if I say, Lord, help me, I need you to fill me afresh with your spirit. I need you to baptize me afresh. I need your strength, your sufficiency. Help me to do what you've called me to do. Help me to love. Help me to walk in truth. Help me to walk in the light. Help me to follow your example. You fathers being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Spirit to those who ask? You say, I need help. God, fill me afresh that I can do this, what you've called me to do. It is, listen, it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. He will help you. His commandments are his enablements, and he gets all the glory in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you so much this morning, Lord, for where you have us in Scripture. God, I pray that... Um, my precious brothers and sisters would take away all the things that have come from your heart this morning. And that truly um, love would increase and abound in our lives. Would you do that? Would you do that in my heart, Lord? Do that in my brothers and sisters. I don't want to stay stagnant or level off or peak out, Lord. Especially, Lord Jesus, as you said, in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. God, may our love continue to heat up. Would you do that? Just as we read this morning, this amazing prayer. 
And Lord, would you establish our hearts blameless in holiness this morning? So often we strive and try to make things happen, but would you do that special inner work within each one of us today before your return that we wouldn't waste any more time, but we would redeem the time that our lives would count, that we would make a difference eternally. And so thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing, all that you've yet to do. We ask that you would please fill each and every one of us afresh this morning, that we wouldn't try to do things in our own strength, but we would look to your strength. Just as you said, Lord Jesus, your grace is sufficient. Your strength is made perfect in our weakness. We need you, and we thank you for what you're going to do. And as we're still in an attitude of prayer this morning, as we finish our Bible study, as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, perhaps you've been listening, and you realize this morning that you um, have never come to know Jesus Christ personally. Maybe you know about him or what others have said about him, but there's no relationship. Nothing real going on. All things are created by him and for him. You've been created for him, for a relationship. He loves you. He demonstrated his love for you, for me, by coming and dying on the cross. For your sins and my sins, he suffered. He died and was buried and rose again on the third day demonstrating that everything he said is true, that he is God and that he is able to save to the uttermost. And he's reaching out to you right now to rescue you. And you come just as you are. You respond by believing on him, by receiving him, putting your trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And today you will find forgiveness, a fresh start, the hope of eternal life. As you repent and put your trust in him, you come. Is that you this morning? Can I pray with you? Would you raise up your hand? I would love to pray with you right now. Really simple. I'm not asking you to join a church or sign some membership card. None of those things will save you. Only Jesus can and will save you right here, right now. You raise up that hand and let me pray with you. You can repeat it after me. We'll pray together. Anyone at all here this morning, you raise up that hand and we'll pray. Father, thank you so much for this amazing family, your church, your bride, Lord Jesus. Thank you for molding us and shaping us for the glorious work of your spirit. And so would you fill us and use us? May our lives, our homes, your church, may we bring you glory. May your name be hallowed. And so we thank you for all that you've done this morning, all that you're continuing to do. We love you. Thank you for first loving us. And it's in your name, Lord Jesus, your precious and holy name.
that we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. All right. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you in Jesus' name. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. So all men might live Your heart broken for our loss There's no place to run but the cross There you love me There you saved me And I love you with all that I am And I'll say it again and again Your word you have Faithful your love for a friend Love, no greater love than this You died so all men might live Your heart broken for our loss There's no place to run but the cross there you loved me, there you saved me. And I love you with all that I am, and I'll say it again and again. Your word you have given to me, I believe on your name, Jesus. And I love you beyond all my days, and I'll sing it. I will proclaim Though the world try to sway What I am Here I stand, here I say I love you with all that I am You're faithful again and again So faithful your love for a friend Jesus, we pray that you would just cause us to um, abound and overflow in the love that you give. God, we pray that by your spirit, you would do in us what is impossible for us to do on our own, that you would change us on the inside, that you would make us more and more like you, and that we would reflect you in this place, um, outside this church, and in our homes, that the things we do, the things we say would, would honor you. And so, uh, God, we thank you for this time, and we pray.